Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Nebraska Public Media Sports brings you Nebraska baseball. Catch our live coverage as the Huskers meet the Indiana Hoosiers on the Diamond at Hawks Field at Haymarket Park in Lincoln. Watch Friday, May 10th at 6 p.m. Central on Nebraska Public Media. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Hurt at Sports Radio. Ball at the 38-yard line. Nussmeyer trying to move some tempo here. Takes the snap, looking, hurls it downfield. Left corner of the end zone. Thomas wide open. He's got it. Touchdown, Fighting Tigers. Make the toss pitch, wanting to throw, and he's got three score down the near sidelines. Caught at the 15, to the 10, to the 5. Touchdown, Ole Miss. Tigers take a knee. Mizzou fans, guess what? Eli and the boys have done it again for an 11th time this season. In the Cotton Bowl, Missouri knocks off 7th-ranked Ohio State, 14-3. The sliding grab is made. That's a touchdown catch for Trayshawn Holden, and it took all of five seconds. 17 yards right into the heart of the Flames defense, and the Ducks lead it 30-6. I will go to the shotgun with five wides, three to the wide side right. Hill takes the snap, delayed blitz, he throws left, it's intercepted, James Pierce, down the far sideline to the 20, to the 10, and he'll take it the distance for the Tennessee touchdown on the pick six. That's Williams in motion, low snap, Melrose stop, Michigan makes a stand and comes up with a milestone playoff victory. Good morning, good morning, good morning, Shane, do you have us? Yeah, you're there. All right. It's a little quiet, you know. <laughs> knocking off some of the rust. It's been a minute since we've Haven't joined Haven't put the headset here. on in a while. I know. It feels a little, you know, kind of feels like I got a, somebody's been sitting in my seat maybe. Uh, How about that? <laughs> good morning. Although this cushion does look a little lopsided. You got to be careful there. A little, uh, more, a little more right side than left. Happy. Are, are you a left, left side sitter? You lean left a little? I definitely lean left because when I talk oh, to yeah. you, I lean this way. Yeah, so I probably do the opposite because I kind of am like trying to get us. Now I'm feeling a little, little self-conscious. A little seesaw off, toward off-balanced. you. Off-balanced. Yeah. Uh, well, the scale just isn't there. I watched a lot of prices right over the break. Did you? And, you know, when they try to match like the item with the scale and it doesn't match up. Like that's how I feel right now. I seat. was a huge prices right fan when I was a kid. I, like Big obs- Bob Barker guy? Oh, obsessed with it. Not as much Drew Carey. I will sometimes watch for the nostalgia, but uh, – not the not the same. I didn't watch a lot of Bob Barker prices right. So it's a Drew little before Carey yeah, it's a little before was probably time. my guy. Yeah. Although I can understand that because 
uh, when Pat Sajak, I feel like something just flew in my eye. You all right? And we're inside. Do you need so I don't think, and I'm wearing a hat. <laughs> so the trajectory of something what flying I- into my <laughs> eye would would be crazy. Uh, it, the percentage would be crazy low. When Pat Sajak leaves Wheel of Fortune, that, you're that's gonna, yeah. what's going to do it for me. Yeah, I don't know that he ever will. I mean, uh, he is. He's oh, that's leaving. right. Ryan Seacrest is. is taking over. Oh, come on. Come on. Come on, America's sweetheart. I will say that's like one of the best jobs. His Pat Sajak's schedule is like one of the best jobs in the world. What, he works, works three months out of the year? I don't, not even. I think he works like a month a year. They bang out like 200 shows, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Like that's his whole schedule, and he makes And it's totally of, worth it, too, because oh. all you're doing is playing a game all day. Yes, and it's, it's millions of dollars. Well, I mean, that's the dream right there. Although I would wonder how repetitive it gets for him when he's up there on stage. and he's. Do you think he thinks about trying to say something different or new, or do you think he's just, he's just so old now that he doesn't <laughs> care? I think he probably mixes it up a little bit. I would worry that I, I'm repeating myself. You've got you know, like, you're, how many spicy. shows are you doing a day? I think they try and knock out like 20 a day. They do it right, and and each show probably takes about 15 minutes because you have to factor in the 15 yeah, minutes commercials of and whatever. So yeah. if it's, let's just say they try to hit three an hour. Yeah. Okay. Uh, three an hour for eight hours, 24 shows. Yeah. Um, and you do that for like and, a month straight. And and you do it for a month straight. Like that sounds great, but like in those 24 shows, how are you not saying the same thing? Or, like, the same joke at some point? Or do you? Because, like, they can just move the shows. Yeah, you just move it to a different day. You, you, like, you, to, to, <laughs> like, three months down the yeah, road, if you, <laughs> and, and that's the show that he made the same joke exactly. three months ago on. So that's what I do whenever we're here. I just uh, I make we the have, same joke. We have Shane. <laughs> I'm like, Shane, I need you to move that show to next month. That's, uh, that's, uh, I, I made that joke already. Uh, what we haven't seen is this year's college football playoff matchup. Michigan and Washington. <laughs> Did you not see that coming? No, well, I mean, we haven't seen it yet. I mean, we haven't seen right. either of those teams in the final. Those are actually the teams I picked. Uh, I, I thought Alabama-Michigan was probably a coin flip and, you know, went to overtime. That doesn't surprise me. Uh, I did I did think that Alabama maybe had a little bit of an edge because I thought Milrow was playing better than McCarthy going into that game. Obviously, that totally flipped. McCarthy but that played defense, way that Michigan yes. defense, especially just, in the first half. Oh, the first half, Michigan dominated that how offensive. You, how line. are you supposed to move the football on that defense? You, I mean, it's we'll see if Michael Penix can do it. Because like, is is that defense <laughs> comparable to what we've seen out of Georgia in recent years? Oh yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I don't, and that's kind of the the thing that you have to take away from that is. You look at the way they handled Alabama, your SEC champion. They beat Georgia this year. And Alabama has as, as much talent and more talent than everyone in the country. If you look at the actual um, – they, they do this – I forget who puts it out, but they do a blue chip rating. And basically they do what percentage of your roster is 90 – or is four and five stars. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. 90% of Alabama's roster is four and five stars. 90%. <laughs> Four and five stars, which is the most in the country by like 12 or 13%. I think the next closest is like 78 or 77. So Alabama has as much talent as, I mean, more talent than anyone in the country. And Michigan looked every bit the part. I mean, I think some people worried about, you know, would they be able to hold up physically? Would they be able to hold up speed-wise? And they answered all those questions, I thought, with, with flying colors. And 
this is the matchup that I wanted. I thought I thought Washington would beat would beat Texas. Um, I didn't really anticipate for the weirdness of the last minute and a half or so, but. Coaching was a little sus for Kalen DeBoer and company there. Yeah, for that last minute, the clock management, and then obviously you had the the, the catch interference, kick catch interference, um, that that added to that quite a bit. But you also so had many blunders on special teams. Yeah, on both games. Yeah. Right. Oh my goodness, it was just muff after muff. Yeah, and then you've got had some missed kicks as well. And I will say the one thing that we're probably going to forget about in this Washington game. And not to say that the clock management was good, because I, I didn't think it was, but if their running back doesn't get injured, you're talking about Texas has 15, 20 seconds mm-hmm. from their own 30-yard line or 15-yard line if they don't get the kick-catch interference, and we're not having this discussion about questionable clock management. Yeah, well, you could. it was avoidable. Like, it was. The whole thing it was, was avoidable. Super, you, super avoidable. All Washington should have done in that moment was take a knee. Your running back was already hurt. Yeah, he was already hurt. He was obvious. Up obviously shaken up throughout mm-hmm. that game. At one point, Had you saw him hobbling yeah. on the sideline. And this was early in the game yeah. where, you know, I, I don't remember which sideline reporter it was because there were two of them. But uh, she reported that, hey, he's still going to fight through this, this, this right foot injury. Yeah, like, but he's he, banged up. He's still going yeah. to fight through and play because that's what he wants to do for his team. So you have to kind of like uh, – it is hard, right? Because if he doesn't get hurt, you're not talking about it today. But the whole thing was avoidable, and you could have put your player in the best position for him to stay healthy rather than have him drive that ball. Do you not have a, a backup running back that can come in? Maybe you don't trust him enough to I mean, hold on to the football. Thing, but I if think. it's a ball security thing, you know the best way to hold on to the football is by giving it to Michael Penix so he can take a knee. So the only issue I have with the kneeling down, because I, I, I understand the argument, but Texas still had two timeouts. You say four seconds maybe? Well, so – well, I think what they were trying to do was get a first down. Because, yeah, you can put the game away with right. a first down. So if you've got a first, if you get a first down, the game's over. And we saw Washington be hyper aggressive the entire game, maybe to their detriment a little bit early in the fourth quarter when they threw a flea flicker or mm-hmm. tried to throw mm-hmm. a flea they flicker. Get a little cute, and you're like, hey, I don't, you know, after the it was after the uh, fumble, right, where it looked like they were really going for a kill shot. And it's like, hey, it's not there. Just run your offense, right? And so. They were hyper-aggressive the entire game. I understand saying, hey, we've been moving the ball all night. Let's put it away. Let's get the first down. Because they did still have two times. How were they moving the ball, though? Well, but passing it, right? Yeah, they were moving the ball through the air. Although I will say, in the third quarter especially, they did get that running game moving a little bit. because a little bit. Because But then it stopped again. Yes. So, if listen – but if you throw in that situation, people are really well. You, their that's lives. why you don't throw it all. Right. So I, I'm still on the side of taking a knee. You know, maybe take a chance on first down. Yeah. If you get six yards, then maybe run it again. Sure. But they got stuffed on first down. They did. Yeah. And then on second down, you got stuffed. And all all night long, it was you run the ball up the gut. You're getting stuffed by this Texas D so line. So the the one thing that I will say, I wish I would have seen differently, was on third down, instead of throwing it to try and pick it up. Just run it again, make Texas burn the extra timeout. Like, that was the issue I had with the play calling. I don't have a problem with them not kneeling it because you want to make them, you want to try and get the first down. I totally understand that. The issue I had was, okay, stick with that plan, run it one more time, and then make Texas burn that last timeout because then you're in a position where they don't have any timeouts, they are going to be backed up, they've got a long way to go, they have to get a touchdown. Mm -hmm. Um, As it was, it turned into a thrilling ending. 
Uh, probably more exciting than it needed to be. Hold on, hold on. Can I do this real fast? Yeah. Oh man. I. I. How how much PTSD did that did that insert into brains last night? As soon as it was happening. As, I, but for those on the radio, I'm holding up one finger yeah, the, right the now. One, like Mac Brown. Yeah, like Mac Brown, like Steve Sarkeesian. <laughs> at the end, of, he goes, "Hey, give me one more." And listen, and it was the right call. Like there was a second left when the ball was touched out of bounds. I get that. But the moment it happened, I just go, "Oh God, not like this, not like this, man." Like I. As soon as that happened, I was like, oh, he's going to throw a touchdown. And here, of all teams, he? it's Texas, right? Like, that, that's it's that's Texas. how the story was written. Like, it, I feel like I've seen this movie before. Like, is, that's what I had going in, my, um, going in my mind. It is Texas trying to go back to a national championship game for the first time <laughs> since that happened. And every Nebraska fan is just sitting there being like, you, really, we're doing this again? And, again, it was the right call, but uh, I, I did not – I was fully prepared to be furious in that moment. Luckily, Washington made a play. I say luckily. I was openly rooting for Washington. I didn't want Texas to be anywhere near a national championship or anything like that because, listen, you think Texas fans are insufferable now. Texas is a powerful player. Give them a little bit of success, and it's, yeah, I I don't need any of that going into the the national championship game. At what point will this Washington team be taken seriously? Like, it, I, I want to present that question nationally. Yeah. Because if, if we look back, and I don't remember what the line was when Oregon played Washington at Washington middle of the year. Yeah, I don't remember the first game. It, but it, in the it, Pac-12 championship, it, it, may it was have, double digits. Yeah, yeah. It, it was, I think it closed at 9, but it opened at 11. Yeah, it opened at 11. I think it got to 11 and a half, and it spent most of the week at 10. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so regardless of where close, it was way it was too high. Two score game, right? Yeah, I mean, people thought Washington. Were, I say people. Vegas thought Washington was going to get blown out in that game. And I, then I, I, famous, it, I famously I it a trap, right? Yeah, right. And I was like, I'll I'll go into your trap. Washington's winning this game. On top of that, mm-hmm. they're the two seed against Texas, a twelve and one Texas team, mm-hmm. and they're still four point dogs. Yeah. So. And against Michigan, I'm not saying they have to be projected as the favorite. No. But all season long, you have this team has been overlooked. Respect. Yeah, Overlooked. And they're 13-0. They had the Heisman runner-up, who in a lot of minds should have been the Heisman Trophy winner. Mine included. At what point are you going to say, hey, this is a pretty complete team? It's not just Michael Penix no. and some good wide receivers that are going to go in the first round. No, this defense is pretty elite, too. Not just the defense. This, is, this was literally voted the best offensive line in the country. This was, I I believe they won the award for best offensive line in the country. They took a Texas defense that had been, especially that defensive line, that had been menacing the entire year. And they, I I don't, did Penix get sacked last night? I don't remember. I don't think Penix got sacked last night. He almost did a couple of times, and then all of a sudden it was a 10-yard game. Yeah, he, he kind of Houdini'd <laughs> his way out of it a couple times. But this was, for the most part, they kept him real clean. Uh, if they didn't win the award, they were finalists for it. I, I, I'm having trouble remembering. But they give out an award for the best offensive line group in the country, and they were at least finalists for that award. And they kept Penix clean all night against a an elite Texas defensive line, they opened up enough of a hole, uh, enough holes in the running game to allow, to keep that Texas defense honest a little bit, to allow 
some of the play action and misdirection and that kind of stuff to work. And, and you know, you, you bring up a good point with them, both with the Heisman and with them getting overlooked, is the problem with a lot of the national college football media is that they just don't see as much West Coast football. They just don't. Or maybe Northwest. Sure, yeah. Like maybe you <laughs> no, watch- no, one's, no one's remembering the Washingtons of the world in the national championship game. Yeah, maybe you're watching USC because Caleb Williams and, and Lincoln Riley and whatever. But Washington, this used to happen with Oregon all the time too. Washington just largely got forgotten. Uh, whether it was in the Heisman voting, which, I, I mean, we can do the Heisman thing real quick here <laughs> because Robbie's still mad. I am still mad. Michael Penix is the best player in the country. I'm, I, like, I'm not even hey, sorry. You don't have to convince me. He was, the, he was the best player in the country all year. He was the most important player in the country all year. Yes, I understand Jaden Daniels had really cool numbers. Like, awesome hey, it's numbers. It's pretty awesome stats. That's terrific. So did every Texas Tech and quarterback how, ever. How many ranked opponents did LSU I think beat they beat Missouri. Year? I think that was it. Oh, really? Just Missouri, huh? They, how, how many teams did they play? At least four. A bunch of them. <laughs> At right? least four. They and he sat out of his bowl game yesterday. They didn't. Those numbers were so meaningless. They didn't win a game that mattered all year. The entire season, Washington ran through a loaded Pac-12, and they went and won every single game that mattered. They needed him, and he went out and won every single game that mattered and put up eye-popping numbers while he was at it. Legitimately, if that dude is playing in the eastern half of the country, he is the Heisman winner. I guarantee you that. Jane Daniels didn't do – like, listen – the numbers were great. He didn't do anything that mattered this year. Not a single thing. At, w- at some point, that has to count in the mm-hmm. award. At some point. And I'm not saying it has to be on the, the best player on the best team or whatever. Because I advocated for, uh, for, uh, for Johnny Manziel when he won the Heisman. He did things that mattered. He knocked off Alabama at a time where that didn't he seem. He had a Heisman moment. He had a Heisman moment, and he did things that mattered in the season. He beat teams that mattered. Indomitian Sioux is another really good example. He did things that mattered. He was the story of college football that year. Jaden Daniels, Daniels will be largely forgotten as far as this season is concerned. He might go on to have a great NFL career. But he might as well, in terms of college numbers, he might as well be Sonny Cumbie or B.J. Simons or Cliff Kingsbury or whoever else or, you know, Bailey Zappi or whoever you want that's put up ridiculous Case numbers. Keenum. Our guy Case Keenum. Pick a number. Dave Klingler. Go back. You want to go real far back to, the, to Houston in the 90s. These numbers don't matter. The, uh, the, you, can, you can generate, you can manufacture numbers in college football now in a way that can be really deceiving. You have to actually watch the games, and it was clear, both from the disrespect that Washington got in the lines from Vegas throughout the year and in the disrespect Michael Penix got in the Heisman that I don't think a lot of these people are watching the games. They're maybe looking at box scores and be like, oh, Washington snuck by again. They must not be playing great football. Try again. Washington's been playing great football all year. The Pac-12 
Yeah, watch his quarterback. Watch the, him throw a football. You know he's one of the prettiest balls. Like I've ever the, seen. Especially the deep ball. I've ever seen. Those like I understand his receivers catch everything, which is awesome. Like not just a yeah, dude. But the thing. ball's thrown in the right spot. The ball is I mean, you couldn't place it in a better spot half the time. I don't know if I saw one duck from him all year. Not a duck. He threw one last night that was overthrown that he should have hit, mm-hmm. and it would have been a touchdown. Maybe to two. He may have thrown two overthrown balls. Because well, I, so one, one of them the... was pressure. One of them was pressure that he was just getting rid of. Okay, so, so one was, clean pocket. There was one and, clean and one pocket pressure. where he just missed, right? There's one where he was just getting rid of, and it was, mm-hmm. a, it was in a similar spot on the field, actually, going to the corner he of the end zone. He missed a lot of those throws, though. He doesn't, even under pressure, right? This, would, this dude was the best player in the country all year. And I don't know how you fix it unless you just move Heisman voting till the end of January. And, and you know what? I think that's just the conversation that needs to be had. I don't think we need to sit here and say, oh, Michael Penix was, was the biggest snub in history, or I don't think we need to say that Michael Penix uh, should have, should have like if, th- if things were changed, should have won the Heisman today because who knows? It, the college football voters may still have it yeah. a- a- as Jaden Daniels. But at least but if it's after this game, I know they watched. It has impact. And I know it they watched him impact. at least. And you know what? Maybe as well, and, and I think the 12-team playoff will have something to say about this too, but maybe you won't have guys sit out of bowl games if the Heisman Trophy is at the end of yeah, the season. Yeah, if it's on the line, if, they, if it matters to them. Would Jaden Daniels have sat out against Wisconsin if he, had a, if he was up for the Heisman Trophy and it wasn't awarded yet? I don't think so. Those because, are, because these are, these are the points in time yeah. where all eyes are on you. Absolutely. Everybody is watching. Whether they care about your team or not, you're watching on December 17th when Wyoming is playing Toledo. You're watching on December 31st or, or, or January 1st when LSU is playing Wisconsin. Those are when eyes are on you. If it's an award that is at the end of a season, mm-hmm. You won't have conversations like this where, as you put it, the most important player in college football this season yeah. has been Michael Penix Jr. Absolutely. Is going to the national championship game, has done every bit of what has been asked of him, leads college football in passing yards this mm-hmm. season, and is, what, just kicked to the curb because some other guy had a lot of rushing numbers? Well, and you can make an argument, and, and I will, so, Wisconsin is probably LSU's second best win of the season, I think. And he didn't even play. After Missouri. What did Garrett Nussmeyer do? 395 yards, three touchdowns. So, maybe pretty it's not Jaden Daniels. It's pretty good numbers. Like, Jaden Daniels is really talented. Don't get me wrong. Maybe. Now, that LSU defense lost a lot of games for that team. They did. For sure. And Washington's defense is top-notch. Yeah, stellar, right? So, that has a factor into what their record looks like. But. Against one of the, I mean, a top half opponent on their schedule, Garrett Nussmeyer went out and did exactly the same thing, minus the rushing yards, that that uh, Jaden Daniels mm-hmm. went out and did. So and talk about the story. And like Jaden Daniels is a great story, like going sure. to, from Arizona State to LSU. Absolutely. But how about Michael Penix overcoming two ACLs? Not just two ACLs. All four seasons at Indiana were ended mm-hmm. by injury. Mm-hmm. Two ACLs, two shoulders. He comes back last year, performs well, comes back this year, not only performs well, but also leads Washington to a national title game. And what if they win? What if they win and he performed? Like, what if he plays out of his mind, which I think he will. Yeah, what if he has the exact same game? I I think he'll have a really nice game. What if he has the exact same game that he had against 
Mich- or against Texas. Uh, I'm going to be scratching my head. Yeah, wondering uh, why there wasn't an extra trophy in his cabinet. Yeah, it's like, why is that guy not the Heisman Trophy winner? Can we get an explanation there? Because you can't. There's not a good reason. You cannot give me a good reason. But kudos to him, to Kalen, De- or kudos to him and Kalen DeBoer for sticking together after leaving Indiana yep. and building something at Washington. Because what they've done over the past two years has been incredibly special. It's incredible. And I've, you know, coming up next, I actually want to talk about about Kalen DeBoer because. I, I'm obsessed with this dude. I've, I have been for a while. Yeah, every time we do something coach-related on this show, Ravi's favorite coach Kalen outside De- of Matt Rule is Kalen DeBoer. I, I'm obsessed with Kalen DeBoer. I want to ask you a question about him next. Coming up on the show, though, at 8 o'clock, we're going to talk to Bill Bender, college football writer for the Sporting News. We will talk to Scott Eklund. He covers Washington football. Our guy Mike J. Schaefer from Husker 24-7. And then we will wrap up the show with Anthony Broom, who covers Michigan football. We got winners here on the show today, and we will uh, continue talking to them. All we do is win. Another one. Uh, (laughs) Another segment coming up here on Herd Out Sports Radio. That's Andrew Rogers. I'm Robbie Lula. Happy New Year. We're back, ladies and gentlemen, with more here on AM590 ESPN Omaha and ESPN Tri-Cities.